Koyo. Yes, again I say Koyo. This is Africa. I gotcha. It is the 27th of May, 2020. And yes, that is our African greeting of the day. At the end of the podcast, I will tell you which one of our 3,000 communities across Africa it is from within our 31 million square kilometers of land. Yes, every podcast begins with a greeting. And let me say, Obokia in the same language of this community, which means you are welcome. Meanwhile, Take out your thinking and writing journals as your one-stop podcast for informative, factual, and interactive features, news, and updates for Africa, from across Africa, and the world begins to play. Do subscribe to our podcast. We are on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and also on SoundCloud too. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Orada Consulting Group, a brain trust supporting governments, public, and the private sectors in the adoption of emerging technologies across Africa. This is Africa I Gotcha and Emma presenting, and we are on our 70th episode today with listeners from across the world. We have over 1,500 of you now listening in, including someone from, I hope I get this right, Domesti Ilfov in Romania. And as always, we are now ready with our interesting fact on Africa, now that you all have your thinking journals out. So today, our podcast is on education. Last time, during our other podcast on education, we learned that the world's, yes, and get this properly and rightly, the world's oldest university and still in existence and continually operating educational institution in the world is the University of Karuin, founded in 859 AD in Fez, Morocco. And today, we want to tell you about the oldest person to start primary school. He enrolled in first grade in January the 12th, 2004, at the age of 84, Although he had no papers to prove his age, Maruge believed he was born in 1920. His name is Kimani Maruge. Kimani Nganga Maruge passed on on August 14, 2009. Did you know that a movie about him was also shot? Yes, the movie is called First Grader. Don't worry, I have put the link for those of you who have never heard about it or seen it, so you can actually get to see it. And yes... Maruge is Kenyan. In today's podcast, it's all about education around Africa and how a good sound education has impacted individuals, families, and communities. Our first feature after the news roundup is about how nothing it seemed was going to get into the way of this woman and stop her from taking her secondary school exams. She sat her school exams in a hospital bed and 30 minutes after giving birth had a pass mark of 75%. Then we'll also meet a 29-year-old who studied law after he saw his father lose his property in a land dispute 
in 1996 when he was only six years old. 23 years later, the High Court delivered a final judgment which ruled in his family's favour. And finally, in our other feature story after the global news, it's going to be about one individual who stopped the destruction of more than half a million acres of rainforest. And together with the local community leaders, they documented the destruction of the forest and farmlands in this country that has huge plantations of palm oil. All these are African stories of our successes and what many, many ordinary people whose names none of you may have heard before this podcast and are not politicians of what they're doing with what they have. And oh yes, I have not forgotten about our new segment that we introduced this week of our disruptors. You'll get to hear about this 28-year-old African, note he's below 30, who has really co-founded several successful startups in the public interest with funding from the Facebook founder worth 24 million US dollars. He's not stopping there. He's recently launched the Future Africa Initiative, which is all about rebuilding Africa, and they're seeding up to 50,000 US dollars to 20 startup founders each year. Okay, but first let us get to our global news update and find out what's going on on the continent and from some of the hubs from around the world. So move aside, New York, Paris, London and Shanghai fashion walkways. You have just been disrupted royally by Anuva Mwemba, channeling the status quo, selling Congo's haute couture. The DRC designer pulled off the world's first 3D show via Instagram Live from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Yup, the Congolese designer Aniva Mwemba will not be bogged down by the rules. There are no physical models, no physical present audiences, just a runway and 3D models doing the walk location was online. So social media, Instagram Live, played a critical role for Hanifa's collection in what has so far been a highly applauded display as they showcase their products to the world. The May 22nd show, hosted on Instagram Live, however, had a deep Congolese and African touch to it. It was preceded shortly by a short documentary on the DRC chronicling its resources, wealth, and well-documented challenges. And let me quote what she says. I wanted these pieces to tell a story of meaning. I want them to remind us to be intentional about what we create, not for the clout or for Instagram likes, but for the sake of meaning, what we say by storytelling through our designs, she said. Over now to Eastern Africa, Burundi. The Catholic Church in Burundi on Tuesday evening denounced many irregularities that affected the transparency and fairness of the May 20th general election, which saw the victory contested by the opposition candidate of the ruling party. We deplore many irregularities with regard to the freedom and transparency of the electoral process, as well as the fairness in the treatment of certain candidates and voters, said the president of Burundi Conference of Catholic Bishops, Bishop Joachim 
The bishop was speaking in a sound recording transmitted Tuesday evening to AFP by the conference communication services and then drew up a long series of irregularities similar to those denounced by the party of opposition leader Agathon Rossa, officially runner-up in the presidential election. Over to Angola, where the Angolan businesswoman Isabel Dos Santos and her Congolese husband, Sindika Dokolo, have decided to challenge the freezing of the assets in the context of an investigation for embezzlement of public funds, the lawyer said on Tuesday. Daughter of the former president, Jose Eduardo Dos Santos, who ruled from 1979 to 2017, billionaire and her husband, businessman, are accused by the courts and the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, ICIJ, of looting Angola's coffers for their personal use. According to the Angolan Public Prosecutor's Office in charge of the case, the Luanda government has put the value of the embezzlement at 5 billion US dollars. In South Africa, churches, another place of worship, can reopen the doors from June, but will be limited to 50 people. President Cyril Ramaphosa said on Tuesday as coronavirus lockdown rules are further east. Africa's most industrialized economy has been largely shut down since late March, when the government enforced restrictions to stem the spread of the coronavirus, which has so far infected 23,615 people in South Africa and killed 481. Some churches responded by moving to radio, television, and online so that people could worship from home. In West Africa, let's find out how people have been coping with the coronavirus. So Sedu Sal sprays antiseptic on bags of food freshly deposited by an e-commerce firm at his home in an upmarket quarter of Senegal's capital, Dakar. In a pattern repeated across the continent, the researcher has turned to online deliveries to get basics such as sugar, milk, and coffee during the coronavirus pandemic. And let me quote him, Home delivery allows me to avoid contact and cues, he said, explaining that his order is completed in three clicks. And that delivery costs him about 2,000 CFA francs, which is about 3.3 US dollars or 3 euros. Senegal's government, in common with other governments around the world, has restricted travel between cities in a bid to curb coronavirus infections and reduced opening hours for markets and shops. Despite initial fears that the virus would devastate poor African countries, the continent has so far recorded low infection rates compared to virus-stricken Europe and the United States. African antivirus efforts have nonetheless dealt a heavy economic blow, with retailers especially hard hit as governments have shut markets and restricted the flow of goods and people. Now, let's just grab some headlines from news from some of the herbs from around the globe. So as America marked its, memori its Memorial Day, it is now official that officially the COVID-19 cases have topped 1.6 million as of Friday last week. And now, sadly, near the dreaded milestone of 100,000 deaths. That's 28% of the world's COVID-19 deaths and 30% of the world's cases and accounts for only 4% of the world's people. 
America is defiantly heading toward the 40 million unemployed and 30% unemployment rate, a downturn without modern precedent and significantly worse than any recession since World War II, in the words of the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell. The Afghanistan government has released hundreds of Taliban prisoners on Tuesday. It's the single largest prisoner release since the U.S. and the Taliban signed a peace deal earlier this year that spells out an exchange of detainees between the warring sides. The prisoner release is part of the U.S. deal with the Taliban signed on February the 29th to allow for the eventual withdrawal of the U.S. and NATO troops from Afghanistan, bringing to an end the country's proactive war and America's longest military involvement. Meanwhile, in Russia, they have confirmed 8,338 new coronavirus infections on Wednesday, bringing the country's official number of cases to 370,680. Over the past 24 hours, still in Russia, 161 people have died, bringing the total toll to 3,968 a rate considerably lower than in many other countries hard hit by the pandemic. The number of people who recovered in the past 24 hours stood at 11,079. In Canada, no matter how the ruling goes today in the case of Huawei's executive Meng Wanzhou, it will have an impact on the fraught relationship between Canada and China. A British Columbia court is expected to issue a ruling today on the question of the so-called double criminality in Meng's extradition case, whether what Meng is accused of in the United States would be a crime in Canada. The judge could end up ruling in her favor, although Canada could appeal. On Tuesday, China's foreign ministry spokesperson, Zhao Linjian, issued a warning to Canada in his daily news conference. Okay, it's time for Africa, I gotcha. So we start off with a story in Ethiopia about a woman who sat for her school exams in a hospital bed and in 30 minutes after giving birth has passed with a mark of 75%. Almaz Deresi, 21, who is from the western town of Metu, told BBC she was happy with her results and called a grade three as she could now continue her secondary school education for another two years before applying for university. The new mother, who dreams of one day becoming an engineer, says she did not expect such a good result as she was in pain whilst writing the papers and had been tired while pregnant. Quote, During my pregnancy, I was not comfortable sleeping at night, so I used the time to study, she told the BBC. To find out more about her, the father of a child, and more about her story, scroll down below the podcast and click on the link to read the full story. Our next feature item is about how this man, under the threat of violence, environmental lawyer and activist, Alfred Brunel, stopped the clear, the clear cutting of Liberia's tropical forest by palm oil plantation developers. His campaign protected 513 1,500 acres of primary forest 
that constituted one of the world's most important biodiversity hotspots, enabling indigenous communities to continue their stewardship of the forest. For his safety, he was living temporarily in exile in the United States. This is a story of how, in 2010, Golden Veralum Liberia, GVL, a Southeast Asia-based agro-industrial company, signed a deal with the Liberian government for a 65-year lease of 543,600 acres of forest land to develop palm oil operations. To establish the palm oil plantations, GVL cleared community forests, sacred sites without notice or adequate compensation. Well, I'm going to go and continue reading, but I decided to stop there because, as always, remember we say that this podcast is informative, factual, and interactive. Interactive means that whatever it is that we put here, we share a link so that you can dig deeper for yourself and get into the habit and character of fact-checking whatever you consume from various medias. Finally, we come back to East Africa, where we meet Jordan Kinyera, who was six years old when his father lost his land in a dispute. After, after 18 years of education, law school and training, he has won back the land in Uganda. On Monday, the High Court ruled in favor of Mr. Kinyera and his family 23 years after the neighbors sued them. Mr. Kinyera told BBC, witnessing the effects and the frustrations that his family went through as the trial continued, inspired him to pursue a career as a lawyer. Again, the full story for you to do your fact-checking and to read, but, but more so to also share and inspire others into knowing that what the mind can dream of, it can achieve. It took him 23 years, but he finally got back their land. And that is what an education can do for you. And now it's time to meet our African women and men who are shaking up the status quo and asking uncomfortable questions, upending business models and fighting preconceptions. Today, our personality of interest is Inyolua Abuyeje, very easily described as from grace to grace. Only at just 28, he has already co-founded several successful startups in the public interest, notably Andela and Flutterwave. He's not stopping there. He has recently launched the Future Africa Initiative, which will provide capital, coaching, and a community for founders invested in rebuilding Africa. 50,000 US dollars capital will go to 20 startup founders each and every year. His first recognized project, Andela, invests in Africa's most talented software engineers to help companies solve the technical talent shortage. The company gained global recognition after receiving 24 million US dollars in funding from Mark Zuckerberg. He left Andela after three years and co-founded Flutterwave, a platform that makes it easier for banks and businesses to process payments across Africa. 
This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Orata Consulting Group, a brain trust supporting governments, public and the private sectors in the adoption of emerging technologies across Africa. Time to say goodbye and the language is Edo. The greeting was Koyo, which means hello. And I welcomed you to the program by saying Obo Kia. It is from Benin City of Southern Nigeria, not to be confused with Benin the country. How many of you knew that? Benin City was a principal city of the Edo Kingdom of Benin, which flourished during the 13th to the 19th century. It was destroyed in 1897 by the British after the Edo assaulted an early British expedition which had been told not to enter the city during a religious festival, but nonetheless attempted to do so. Before burning the city down, the British took everything of value, amongst it its many famous bronzes, ivories, and other treasures, some which still today can be seen in the African Art Museum in London. Thank you for listening. Let's keep our numbers down of infections across Africa. You now know it. Stay home. Stay safe. Social distancing. And you've all heard of PPE, personal protective equipment, but there's also PPB, which is personal protective behavior. So that includes how you wear your mask, what you do, whether or not you allow visitors in, remembering the no-go zones, the places that are crowded. Okay, so, and always fact check everything that we put here. And remember, we're on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud too. So please do subscribe. Just look for Africa. I gotcha. And this is Emo signing out. Have a great evening or a good morning or a good day, wherever you are around the world.